It's the Sam Alex Show. Hey, Sam. I'm Mary O'Donohue. I am a media coach for authors. I'm a best-selling parenting author, and I'm a former Oprah Show post producer. Amazing. Hey. Is this also true? Also worked at uh, Pickler and Ben with yes. Ben Aaron, Kelly Pickler. Amazing. Today Show, Nightly News and NBC, Steve Harvey Show. Oh my gosh. And Meet the Press. You know all this stuff about me. Yes. Those yes. aren't rumors. That <laughs> all of that is true. <laughs> That's all true. Yes. Okay. You must have so many fun stories to talk about. Oh my gosh. But first, I want to find out about, have you seen every movie nominated for an Academy Award? I have seen some of them. Um, my son is a big film aficionado, so he has probably seen almost all of them. Um, I tend to like a certain type of film, so if it's really violent or something like that, I don't watch it. So un- Uncut Gems. I just saw that. Oh, I didn't Sandler. see that. I, okay. I a do. little bit of blood, but yeah. not too much. Yeah. I, I loved Little Women. Um, I think that was one of my favorite um, of the year. I'm a member of the Producers Guild, so I am blessed to receive screeners. Uh, That's how you do it. (laughs) So I was able to cuddle with my dogs and watch Little Women at Home before it came out. Um, And gosh, Knives knives Out? Gosh, that was good. Yes. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, How about 1917? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Okay. I, I want to see that. We do have that screen. Bombshell with Nicole Kidman. Mar- oh, my God. Margot that Robbie. was so good. Yes, that was excellent. Yeah, uh, I can't think of all of them. Thanks for reminding me. I'm not used to seeing people uh, in movies that are that, that like I, I've met or know in real life, and then Ooh. a different actor is playing yeah. that character. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. So, Absolutely. Uh, but they did, I'm like, uh, I guess that kind of looks like Geraldo, but a little maybe not with the mustache. But <laughs> Boy, the, the, the leads in that were absolutely amazing. Charlize Theron was, wow, amazing. So I was at the Oscars last year on the red carpet, and there was no host. And this year, it's the same thing. I know. I, f- I feel like I would like to have a host. I like a host. I remember with La La Land, like it was the wrong movie. And oh, it's yes. good to have someone just kind of be the MC, just to hold it together in case something goes wrong, right? <laughs> I personally like a host. I like to see somebody kind of move it along. And I love the entertainment of it, but, you know. We'll see what happens. I think it was Julia Roberts who was on the, like, she was the last presenter on the stage. And I think she just said what anyone would have said, which is, I think we're we're done. Yeah, (laughs) that's hard. Not easy. Did you watch the Golden Globes with Ricky Gervais? I did. I did. Um, Gosh, he likes to push the envelope. (laughs) Well, as people were saying, he doesn't, he does it for us at home. He's not doing it for the people in the room. That's true. That's very true. Yes. But he does not hold back. No, no. So you said your son was very excited for the Oscar nominations. Yes, it he's is. in film school, and he is. Um, he wrote a started a film blog when he was gosh twelve ish, wow. watching every Oscar nominated film from nineteen twenty seven on. Then every best, so I mean every every best picture winner, I should say. Then every best actor winner. Then every best actress winner performance. So he is. Um, an encyclopedia of film knowledge. He so, really, so he incredible. wants to be a filmmaker? Yes. He's in film school and he will be nice. a filmmaker. He's already made a film. So, yeah. What's the film? Can we see it? Uh, oh, gosh. It's called <laughs> Captain Spirit. It's a fan-made film on YouTube. It's been seen more than 7,000 times. Cool. Yes. And it's based on a video game, sort of a interlude between two video games. You know, where people are waiting for that next part to come yeah. out and they do a short video game. Um, and the folks who made it... In France, uh, I believe they're called Don't Nod Productions. They commented on it and they wow. loved it. Yeah, so they loved it. Right on. Yeah, okay. so he's a filmmaker and my daughter is a senior in high school and she uh, wants to be a television director. <laughs> so we're keeping it in the family. 
So when both of them first told you their their career aspirations, were you like, awesome? Or were you doing what Johnny Depp always says, which is, I never want my kids uh, to be actors. And I think same thing with a lot of musicians. They're like, no, be a teacher, be a nurse. You know, I think every person has to take their own path. And they have grown up. um, When I worked for the Oprah show, they would come to take your kids to work day and see Oprah. So they haven't had a typical upbringing. They've been on sets. And my husband is also... Um, an executive producer. And so, you know, they've grown up with the production world. Okay. So, and they probably know the the cons too. Like at, at, at the dinner table, they they've can hear seen, both sides of the table. And okay. they've seen the long hours firsthand. They've experienced right. that. Um, and so they're aware, uh, but I, I don't know if it's in their blood or if they're just so, it's just, they grew up in a, in a non-conforming way in terms of we didn't have nine to five type jobs. Um, so, and, and they know how much my husband and I both love our work. And so I think that probably played into it. And they're, they're creative. We joke at the dinner table that we have a production company, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just got my own Sam Alex Productions. Awesome. Because oh my I, gosh. I'm my own boss now because for the first time after, uh, 18 years of hosting radio shows, it's always been for corporate America, you know, big companies. Yes. yes. This past summer, I'm like, Hey. I thought that'd be cool to be like my friends that are artists or, you know, yeah. they're, they're their own boss. You know, oh. they're in charge of their own schedule. And it's a wonderful show. Thank you. You're so yeah, good. I did the official LLC thing and nice. it's a real production company. <laughs> it's just me. But yeah. But so, you're real. I can see you. You are real. <laughs> so with those long hours, how did you have time to write a book? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, the book came about in an unorthodox way. Um, I, and it's a sort of a sad story at at the beginning. It is a sad story. I had lost a dear friend, um, who was the same age as me. He died very, very suddenly. And he was a producer who had wanted to work for the Oprah show when I was there. Um, and I'd helped him along with a friend get an interview, uh, with a lovely producer. And I really believe he would have been hired, but at the last minute he canceled the interview. And I think it was because ultimately he didn't think... The applicant? Yes, my friend didn't. He canceled the interview, not the producer. So he didn't get the job. He didn't show up for the interview. And um, it just broke my heart. And I think he never spoke about it, but I think it was because he believed ultimately like this was out of his reach. He wasn't worthy of this, you know. Um, And then he passed away about a year and a half later very suddenly. And driving home from his funeral, um, you know, this was in my mind, that he hadn't achieved this dream that I knew he had for a long time, and then he was gone. And I was really struck by that because he was young, and I said out loud (laughs) in my car, and I remember the exact same words that I said. I am not making this up. I remember the words. I said, "Um, George, the next time something comes along in my life, I know with absolute certainty I cannot do, I will do it anyway for you. And then (laughs) I had um, shared with a family member this thing that I was doing with my kids, and that was we were super busy and sort of values and things like that were falling through the cracks. My little daughter was five and had tried to shoplift a candy bar, and I said, whoa, we've got to focus on values. I was working. My husband owned a recording studio in Chicago. I was with The Oprah Show. We were crazy busy. But this really important thing was falling through the cracks of teaching my kids values. I thought leading by example was enough, but it wasn't. And so um, I came up with this month-by-month system to teach my kids values. So January is gratitude month, you know, February compassion, that sort of things. I have exercises, et cetera. So we started this when they were young. So I was telling this um, to my sister, and um, she said, that's a book. That's a book what you're doing. 
And um, so long story short, I connected with an agent and um, the agent said, that's a book. And I said, oh gosh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not a book. I'm not a writer. Because in those days, there, was, there really wasn't blogging. This was right? well. This was twenty. This was two thousand nine ish. My friend had died right uh, to early, end of two thousand seven. Beginning of two thousand eight was when this sort of got started. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't have social media, or all of that stuff. I was a crazy busy, you know. Because that might have been an Instagram mom. post once a month. Or something. I don't even but, think there were. Was it Instagram? Right. Post? Sorry, I don't know. But but yeah, I was working like seventy hours a week. I was a crazy woman, mm. and so um, I didn't see this as a possibility. But lo and behold, um, you know, the agent said, hey, write, write a book proposal. I said, I don't know how to write a book proposal. And she told me, and I did, and I sent it in. And she said, this is fabulous. It's amazing. Here's my thousand changes. <laughs> I did the thousand changes, <laughs> sent it back. And remarkably, uh, there was interest. And then nothing happened for a while. And one day I was sitting um, in the edit room at Harpo Studios at work, and uh, I was a post-producer there, and I said to the editor, I said, oh, I'm getting a call from New York. Who do I know there? My agent. We had an offer on the book, and I was shocked. And I thought, oh, my gosh, now I have to keep that promise. I have to do the thing that I know I can't do. And it did really, really well. <laughs> and I wrote the book, and... Um, and it became an organic Amazon bestseller and won two awards, uh, much to my shock. And Amazing. opened uh, my mind to the idea that we are capable of so much more than we realize. Because I said yes only because of the promise, not because I thought I could do it, <laughs> let alone that it would be successful. And we can still, what's the official title? It's, uh, yeah, it's called When You Say Thank You Mean It, and it's still out. And the subtitle is An 11 Other Lessons for Instilling Lifelong Values in Your Children. So it's, um, it's a book I'm very proud of. And my children are now 23 and 17, almost 18, so really not children anymore. Yeah. Um, and they are kind, they are grateful, they're respectful of each other, they're amazing people. And... Um, I think in part because my husband and I were so intentional about teaching them those things. So, so I'm very proud of that. And, and it's really been a lesson for me in my life that we're, we're capable of so much more than we think. And at the time when it came out, did you get a chance to promote it on radio, TV? Yeah, yeah, I did all sorts of media. Um, and that's, um, as a media coach now, for authors specifically, I love that I have both sides of the equation in my media background, you know, all the 30 plus years of behind the scenes at national shows. And then, you know, being that author, doing interviews like this, doing radio, I did television. I was terrified uh, to do television because, you know, as I say to people, you know, at the heyday at Oprah, maybe 20 million people might have watched an, an episode. And that was my work as a post producer. And I was Fine with twenty million people That's seeing my work. The Olympics, yeah, right. smaller than the gold. Yeah, Gators. I mean, it wasn't like that every year, but you know, at the heyday, yeah. and and that was my comfort zone. Twenty million people, as long as they weren't looking at me, and as soon as anybody was looking at me, I was terrified. But I did it. And that's why I love working with authors now because I'm not just saying, "Hey, you can do it." I know they can do it. I've been in that seat. And um, and now I absolutely love being on the other side, you know. So how did media. you book all those performances? Um, uh, all the media interviews, yeah. yeah. Well, I was published uh, by a traditional publisher. Um, and so uh, back then I wouldn't have had the wherewithal or time or any mm -hmm. energy or any sort of knowledge to self-publish. And that was kind of just becoming a thing, I think. Um, 
So I had um, my agent got me an offer, and I got a traditional publisher, and they uh, gave me a launch publicist for three months. And so um, she was fantastic, and she got me an interview um, with AOL. <laughs> and you know how on the homepage those little stories go, you know, rotating mm-hmm. by yeah, in the, the carousel. Lead, I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those stories. Oh, and the um, the writer put a link to my book on Amazon right in the article, and all day long people were clicking through. And um, this was an amazing night, and I'll tell you, Sam. Um, so I get a call um, saying, "Oh my God, do you know that your book is?" You know, my sister called and said, "Oh, your book is." 525 on Amazon. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm 525,000 on Amazon. Yesterday I was like 650. That's amazing. I mean, 650,000 ranking of millions of books selling. I was thrilled because I was like kind of in the top 25%. So I was thrilled and I was working a lot. So I wasn't doing tons of promotion. And she said, no, 525. And I said, yeah, 525,000. She was like, for the love of God, will you just (laughs) go on Amazon and look it up? And I did. And at this point now, I was something like 142, and I was in shock, and I was number four in parenting. And I was like, what's happening? What is happening? And I was at work. I was sitting at the um, edit room, and my editor had left for the day. Um, Uncharacteristically early, we were finished. It was a February sweeps ratings uh, time, and I was sitting in the edit room alone. And so I ran out in the hallway and found um, my dear friend Mike, who is my work husband, um, <laughs> because I worked with him so much, an editor at Harpo, who also edited on Pickler and Ben. Oh, neat. Um, and so I, I went in and I said, Mike, uh, I think my book is becoming a bestseller. And he brilliantly went back to the graphics department at Oprah and asked them to print it up. And by then, I was number one in parenting. <laughs> yes. And number 97 overall on Amazon. And so I'm walking out the door with Mike, and Mike said, do you want to, you know, go for a drink? And I was like, no, no, Mike, I I have to go home. And I called my husband, and he's like, oh, my gosh, this is exciting. And I'm walking out, Mike and I walking out, and who do we run into but Oprah Winfrey? And um, (laughs) that day, I think Diana Ross had been on the show, and there had been some sort of, like, tunnel of curtains built. And so she came out from the tunnel and Mike and I saw her and we were beaming. I mean, we were just smiling from ear to ear. Did she know, did Oprah know why you were beaming? Well, she looked at both of us and she did this thing with her finger where she pointed back and forth and she said, what is going on? (laughs) And Mike said, "Um, Mary's uh, book just became a bestseller. And and she turned to me and she's like, what's going on? And I said, my book just, you know, reached number one in parenting. And she said, how did this happen? And Sam, I just pointed to the ceiling and I said, God, <laughs> it was like shocking to me. It was just a miracle. And um, she very graciously asked me what my book was about. Um, talk about an elevator speech. I was like, it's about raising, it's a month by month guide. I said something like it's a month by month guide to raising children with extraordinary character. And she's holding my hand the whole time. And we had a 10 minute discussion about it. And Mike is standing there and her security guy is standing there because he was walking her out and driving her home. And it was this beautiful thing. And she said to me, Thank you. She said, Mary, thank you so much for sharing this moment in your life with me. And I said, oh, Oprah, thank you (laughs) for sharing this moment in my life with me. And then I turned to Mike and said, I'm going to need that drink. (laughs) Yes. So did you get to uh, plug it on on her show at all? No, because this was season 25, and that was our final season. Um, Oprah didn't, uh, the Oprah show didn't do a lot of parenting stories. It really wasn't a, a huge focus of the show. 
And being that it was the last historic season of the show, much of it, I think, had been decided months and months before. All these major celebrity bookings. A-listers jetting in from around yeah, the world. Yeah, it wasn't about that. But um, I remember Hugh Jackman was like, I came on my, on my plane yesterday and I'm flying out tomorrow. Like, he was shooting some movie in Australia for four months, but then oh, they came in just I love for the him. show. Oh. Like, so many stories like that. So. Yeah. So no, it wasn't a focus of the show, but that was... You but know, look what just, you did without being on the yeah. show. Like, just on your own. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, that was amazing. That must have been a good drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I was too nervous to drink. And it wasn't running into Oprah that made me nervous. It was the idea that my book was right. doing well. I yeah. mean, it, it just wasn't a possibility to me. And it again, it just showed me, um, gosh, I need to really expand my notion of what is possible. Is there one theme or one lesson from that book that, it's, that has been resonating with readers that's kind of a big... Well, away that still applies the first the first month is all about gratitude because me to me uh, gratitude is a very foundational value um, and so uh, one of the things that I think stuck with people is this idea that um, as parents we often are on the surface we tell our kids say thank you hey what do you say and that's what I was doing you know saying it over and over again and my that's son is fine you just turned yes. to but we're t- you know what we're doing though and what I learned is that I was. I was honestly merely training my son to act thankful and not teaching him to be a grateful person. And I realized there was this great big divide between those two concepts, and I wanted to bridge that divide as a mom. It was very important to me. And um, so that was really something that resonated a lot with people is this idea that, you know, we kind of inadvertently parent on the surface sometimes. You know, if your child takes somebody else's toy away on the playground, what do we do as parents? We turn to them and say, hey, you know, say you're sorry. We don't say, are you sorry? <laughs> we say, say you're sorry. Right. And so um, I learned as a mom, when my son would do something like that, to say to the other parent, I'm genuinely sorry that happened, but I teach my son that everything has to be real and, and genuine. And so if he says sorry right now, when he doesn't really understand why this is a big deal, I don't think it's going to mean anything. But we see, you know, we come to this playground a lot, so when he's ready, I want a really heartfelt thank you yeah, or heartfelt uh, apology, you know, yeah. for your son. So that's kind of how I learned to parent is very, um, at a very deep level. Can you help me with parenting? <laughs> so what do I do at the park or we're at a friend's house and another kid takes a toy away from my son, Hank, and the parent's watching that and they don't do anything? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> there's no right answer. No, there, no there's no, yeah, there is no right answer. I think... Um, that's a situation where your son would need to think about forgiveness, right? So this child did this thing, um, and with my kids when they were young, I would talk about, so maybe your son is upset about that. You know, maybe you go home from the playground, and he's like, oh, I'm really mad at Bobby or whatever for taking my toy, and Bobby's mean, or whatever the, the whatever way he mm-hmm. internalizes it. Um, and he's just like two. Just yeah, yeah, he's a little guy. In November. Yeah. But um, it, when he would get older, I mean, what we would do is is think in terms of, you know, if somebody is remorseful, if someone's genuinely sorry, um, and also how do you forgive somebody? Um, and we would talk about the idea of a little thing like that being like a pebble that you put in your pocket. So that's not a big deal. That's not going to weigh you down. But you can imagine as you go through okay. your day and your week and your month that a lot of those little sort of indignities happen to you, us as you know, adults and kids. Mm-hmm. That pocket can start getting really heavy when it's filled with a lot of pebbles. And those are sort of the grudges that you're holding on to. And so I would teach my kids to be aware of how heavy it can be 
Um, we would even do an experiment where they would, an exercise, they would carry around a, a, a beach ball. And like that is one of the lightest things we can think of, right? A beach ball. But it is really awkward to carry a beach ball throughout your day. Yeah. And so my kids would learn that carrying a grudge, even that minor grudge, is a burden. And so they would put the beach ball down and say, I let it go. I'm over it. I'm not upset with him anymore or whatever. And so my exercises that I would teach my kids are very, very practical because values are abstract. And I needed to make them concrete for kids. I like that. I yeah. want to thank you for this <laughs> Good Night Cubs book for my uh, baby. Yeah. Born, uh, due date a week from this Thursday, Yay. January 23rd. We don't know the gender. Well, so we're everybody loves baseball. <laughs> Everyone loves baseball. Hank will love this. My baby yes. will love this. Thanks again. Oh, you're very welcome. So what part of Chicago did you live in? Um, I grew there. up in the city of Chicago um, on the southwest side of the city near Marquette Park, Midway Airport. So you weren't a Sox fan growing up? I wasn't because um, my two brothers sort of each went one Cubs, one fan, one, one um, Sox just to kind of rile each other up. And then when I moved away, you know, college, and then I lived in Washington, D.C., I worked for NBC News there. Um, there were a lot of Chicagoans um, who worked there, and they were all Cubs fans. And so I, I was a Cubs fan. Yeah. Well, I was in D.C. I worked at WMZQ, the oh, wow. country radio station there. Uh, well, Obama was president. Okay, so, so this was later than me. For me, it was in the, <laughs> the late 80s. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a little um, older but but it was the same thing with tons of Chicagoans. Yeah, and they're all Cubs. There. All the, it was yeah. all my license plates yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I really started watching the Cubs and, and I let my husband is a huge Cubs fan. My mother-in-law is the most adorable Cubs fan. Um, she has Cubs pajamas and she's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My grandparents had season tickets. <laughs> yeah. My, my grandpa, he came, uh, from Lithuania to Ellis Island, like oh, 1918 wow. and then a teenager moving to Chicago and sold Cracker Jacks and hot dogs at Wrigley field. And, oh, um, wow. so yes, Cubs is in my blood. Yes. And, and then I, my other grandparents were Sox fans in the South. Okay. Okay. Well, I lived in Wrigleyville before I got married years and years ago. And so just that neighborhood is so special. There were, and were there night games then or not yet? I think it was when it was sort of becoming a thing. It was when it was, it was being, you know, there were signs up saying no night games. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was way back in the day. I grew up in Schaumburg, Hoffman Estates by Woodfield Mall. Oh yeah. Ikea. Oh yeah, I know uh, that area. So you were saying your husband had a studio in your home. Like no, he had, of- he had a recording studio in Chicago. Um, in, um, it was called the Rhythm Cafe, a really amazing place and, um, you know, but they've closed that since then, um, since that time. Like but, for musicians? Or mm-hmm. what kind of yeah, it was a recording oh. studio. So they would do, they were, were a jingle company and they would do commercials oh, and all that kind of stuff. And some recording folks came by to do album stuff. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was a beautiful facility, sort of River North area for anybody who's from Chicago. Very creative uh, neighborhood. And do you have a studio in your house now? Your husband's still involved? No, he well, he um, he works here in Nashville. Um, he's an executive producer and a VP of creative um, here in Nashville, and he loves it. And but we do have a studio, but it's a little bit different. Okay. Uh, above our garage, we have a studio where I record videos as a media coach and all that kind of stuff. I so, love those videos. Yeah, yeah you're so good at it. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> so nice of you. So if um, people want to hire you, what do they get out of it? Oh my it's gosh. perfect for people who are self-published authors or yeah. anyone who maybe who wants to do a radio or TV parents and sell something they've been working on. It doesn't yeah. have to be books, but... Yeah. Well, I do, I do sort of two things. One is I uh, teach courses. I have a course coming up, which is amazing. It's my signature course. It's called Media Success Blueprint. 
and that is an eight-week course I teach uh, in April, April 6th, I'm starting up again, and that is specifically for nonfiction authors. So I teach them everything they need to know to get publicity on their own without hiring a publicist, because that isn't in everybody's budget. It isn't in everybody's marketing plan. Um, and then some folks, they'll do it completely DIY. They do it on their own and they don't really understand how media works and that can take a lot of time. So I've kind of found that perfect middle ground where I'm going to teach folks how to get their own publicity and then do amazing media interviews. Because I always say a media interview is a marketing asset that somebody else pays to create if you're prepared. If you're not prepared, a media interview it can be a marketing liability that somebody else controls. So I really want to help people to learn how to do that, to so create uh, marketing assets. And then also, um, sometimes I'm available as a one-on-one -on -one coach, uh, if I do have availability. And my website is maryodonohue.com. There's no A's in the last name. It's the Irish <laughs> O'Donohue, because I'm first-generation American. My family comes from Ireland. When you were in D.C., was that with Meet the Press? Yes, I worked did? on Meet the Press, yes. I was the um, associate director on Meet the Press, yeah. So that was with uh, Tim Russert hosting? Oh, it was before Tim was hosting, but Tim was my boss. Aww. I loved him dearly. What a great, great guy. Seems like such a good family man. Just a wonderful person. Genuine, um, kind. Uh, what a loss that was. Yeah, I was not still there when he passed away, but he was my boss when I was there. Oh, why, well, Do you have any New Year's resolutions for 2020? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I am doing this wonderful thing called the Miracle Morning. So every morning. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> So um, I met this incredible uh, author who's written many, many books, um, Honoré Corder, and she has partnered with Hal, uh, is it Elrod? I'm messing up the name. I might have to check that. Okay. Um, to do the Miracle Morning books. He has um, done some Miracle Morning books, and, and she's done some with him as well. And it's just this idea that you wake up early, which is not in my DNA, um, and you do very specific habits, like silence um, is one of them. So I do... TM, Transcendental Meditation, um, prayer, you, I do, and then you do various uh, um, affirmations, you know, that sort of thing, exercise, and um, I started doing that, and that is, it's been so much easier. I put all this stress around it, like, oh, I'm never going to be able to get up early because I'm not a morning person, but I do, and I actually love it. Okay, yeah. I like this. So that's my sort of resolution is to do that as often as possible. And do you have any advice or tips for uh, everyone to have a work-life balance? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so much easier said than done. But now with just we're able to work from home and do email on our phone. Yeah, working from home can be a mixed blessing because <laughs> right. then the clock is never off, you know, um, because I, I work from home as a media coach. And you can kind of work too much sometimes more than maybe a job you know, right. that you drive to because at least then there's a point of demarcation where you walk in the door and in theory you're not working anymore. Exactly. Working from home. It is tough. Um, I do struggle with that. But this has been helping uh, getting up earlier and doing sort of that really the self-care part of my day, which is the part of my day that would get lost. And so I'm doing that first. And so I start the day really energized and positive, and, and I'm enjoying that. So Mary, you have a really cool gift for everyone too, right? I do. I have a gift. It's a free mini course, um, Five Steps to Media Success. It's very foundational knowledge for authors who are just starting out and really kind of need to understand what the media is looking for. So you can find it on my uh, website at maryodonahue.com. Right. So where can everyone follow you on social media and Get in touch with you if they have questions. Oh, my gosh, yes. I am on Instagram. I love Instagram, uh, Mary O'Donohue Media. 
uh, at Mary O'Donohue Media on Instagram. Follow me there, and I will love interacting with you. Come on, talk to me. Awesome. <laughs> Go Cubs. Thanks yes. for being here on the Sam Alex Show, Mary. Thank you so much, Sam. I really enjoyed it.